and welcome to the Porty Podcast. It's Hazel here and this week we've got something slightly different for you. It's a longer podcast that I've made as a documentary. I was actually commissioned by the Scottish Communities Climate Action Network to make this short documentary for their podcast, which is brilliant. If you've not heard it, you should check it out. It's called 1000 Better Stories and we'll put a link in the show notes to that. It's all about the community fridge in Portobello, so we thought it'd be appropriate to share it here as well. I will say that in the few weeks since I've made this podcast, the project has evolved even more. There are so many amazing people in Portobello who have really stepped up to take this project on, and they're sharing that with me. So this documentary captures a moment, a moment that as a storyteller I think is quite interesting. But I want to give credit to all of the incredible individuals who have been working really hard to nurture this young, very new project in Portobello. And I also want to invite you all into that project to come and get involved with it and be a part of it and share share with us some food. <laughs> I also have a huge big list of credits. So Paddle have really helped us get off the ground. The Wash House, Action Porty, Porty Central, and last but not least at all, the Baptist Church, who have taken us in off the street and given us a home for our community fridge. You can find us in the Baptist Church every Saturday from half past 10 until half past 11, where we will be giving out any free food that we have picked up the night before. Please do come along. It's for everyone. Everyone is welcome. Tell your friends and join us. If we've got a lot of food, we will share that. And if we don't, we will share that too. So I hope you enjoy the documentary. Right, let's go and see if we can get some people to come in. Hello. Do you know about the community fridge? Okay, cool. Uh, do you know about the community fridge? Sorry? Do you know about the community fridge? We're oh, just handing out... Oh, thank you. No, no? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't know. So we're only on till 12, so okay. do come back before 12. Okay. We've got chocolate hot cross buns, guys. This is the sound of me trying to give away free food at the Portobello community fridge. Do you want some of these hot cross buns? Oh, not, not a fan. No, They're not good for you. Nectarines are good though. Choice. Do you know what about a turnip? Fine with that, thank you very much. Tomatoes? No, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I might take me red cabbage if that's alright. Help yourself to red cabbage. We are needing to give those away. And also tomatoes, but like cherry tomatoes look. We've got quite a lot of those. It's food that the supermarket no longer wants to sell, but which is perfectly edible. And it comes with conversations like this. Salsa? Salsa? You could make some salsa out of all these plum tomatoes. Yeah. Roast them and make some roast tomato soup. Oh, that'd be delicious. Roast them with some garlic and then put them with pasta, pen pasta. You've got all the recipes. I quite like this because it makes you be a bit more creative. Yeah, definitely. I would happily take even more of these tomatoes, you know. Yeah, yeah. We've got three minutes left, so I think... Yeah, go for it. And also conversations like these. I'm reading a braiding sweetgrass. It's such a beautiful book and it's about Native American culture of just 
taking what you need and giving back and it's just obviously obviously that's what to do so yeah but culturally we've shifted so far yeah we have haven't we we can have whatever we want whenever we want it so we buy it and then we realize we don't want it yeah or we don't know what to do with it yeah hi i'm hazel And I'd like to take you with me on my journey of setting up a community fridge in Portobello. A community fridge is just a way of sharing food that's surplus, for free, with everyone. No stigma, no questions. It's not a new idea. A few years ago, I gate-crashed a conference, and I heard someone from the Gate Church in Dundee talk about theirs. And my brother uses one in Canada. I know about one in Wester Hills and one in the Edinburgh College campuses. In fact, I think Hubbub have about 250 all over the country and want to double that this year. But why am I doing it? If I'm honest, I didn't want to start one. Not really. I have kids and a job and stuff. I don't have spare time for this and I'd really rather someone else did it. Except they didn't. But really, why am I doing it? So during lockdown, I got involved with the food rescue efforts in Edinburgh. I became a tiny cog in a fragile ecosystem of amazing people who are trying to save food from the bin and divert it to those who need it most, making lists of hostels, shelters, food banks, pantries, community projects, supporting people who need food, organising volunteers on bikes often, in cars, in vans, managing relationships with supermarkets, shops, hotels, sorting, training, cooking, problem solving, adapting, communicating. There is drama and bickering, of course, my husband calls it game of scones, but so much food is saved. We saved 200 turkeys on Christmas Eve, and so much food isn't saved. Another 350 turkeys went in the bin. Those are just the ones that I know about. So why? Because I look at a tray of cherry tomatoes that are only just past their best before date and headed for the bin. They're off season and I think about all the energy that went into growing them. The fertilisers, the land use, the human labour, the oil extracted for the plastic that they're grown and displayed in the emissions created by their transport and in their growing and for them to be wasted, it just seems incredibly ungrateful to the planet. We find burgers, steaks, beef joints, animals that were slaughtered and fish taken from empty oceans just to be thrown in the bin in their plastic wrappers. I'm doing it because I can't stand by and let that be. And because there are only so many cherry tomatoes that one woman can eat herself. There's a Rob Hopkins quote that says, If we wait for the government, it'll be too late. If we act as individuals, it will be too little. If we act as communities, it might just be enough. So how do I get the community to act? Using the lure of a stale donut? So, how does it work? Volunteers go to the shops that we have an agreement with and collect things that have just been picked from the shelf. We intercept them before they go in the bin. It is two minutes to nine. I'm sitting outside a store in a big out-of-town shopping retail unit. Why are people still shopping at almost nine o'clock at night on a Friday night? Surely they have better places to be, says me, as I sit 
in the dark in the car park. Everything's closed up, so I'm just going to wait a minute because I have to wait until the shop closes before I go in. Oh, and it's freezing cold tonight. There's been hailstones. Yeah, luckily I have some really good gloves. I've already got a tray of mostly plums this evening from another shop. Looking forward to seeing what I get just now. And I'm meeting Anne. She's on her way, so we're rendezvousing here. You need to know the difference between use by and best before. If it's use by, then it has to be rehomed by midnight that day. Tricky. But if it's best before and in good condition, then we can give it away the next day. I've got a tray of bakery stuff here. Can you fit a whole tray in or do I get some bags? I'm just going to go and get the freezer stuff. So I'd say the number one thing we collect is bread and bakery goods, fruit and veg, eggs. You also get split multi-packs and damaged boxes and bash tins. Then there's meat and ready meals, which can be frozen that night and then used within a month. Cheese and bacon, snack sausage rolls, cocktail sausage rolls, vegan chicken pieces, sausages, beef mints, special beef mints, beef meatballs, corn sausages, several packets more burgers. It's really annoying when you get pre-prepared veg because then that's used by rather than best before. We try to take everything and find it a good home but we have to follow the law. Right, get the fridge stuff. We've got spiced onions. Food Rescue Classic. Fruit cocktail trifles. I've got lots of pork and stuffing rolls. Chicken pieces. These hot and spicy chicken breasts, these all need to be eaten today. The next morning we give the food away. This is us cycling a food delivery to a church in Craig Miller who offer dignified access to the food in the community. I was more careful in my packing today, I'm getting good at this. I've fitted more in the rucksack. Did you manage to get everything out of the freezer? Not everything. Oh, I'm impressed. <laughs> There's a big box of Chinese buffet spread things that we'll need to carry differently sometimes. Okay, that's fine. We've got lots of ham that. hocks. Lots of ham hocks? <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, is it too heavy? Do you want me to take something? Definitely okay. not. Okay. No, no. Amazing. Nothing compared to what you're carrying. That's fine. Uh, it was heavier than last week. Right, well, let's get going. I'm impressed you came out in the snow. Oh, God, do it. <laughs> Two bikes in the snow. And occasionally we're left with a random challenge, like a glut of cheesecake on New Year's Eve or an absolute mountain of coleslaw or a lot of onions. And then we have to improvise. I'm making onion badgies. So last night we got hundreds of onions and they were in packets and inside the packets, some of the onions were fine and some of the onions were a little bit sorry looking on the outside. So we went through the packs of onions and we divided them into good ones and we <laughs> had the bad ones that we probably couldn't pass on. But of course, you know with onions, if you take the outer layer off, inside there's still quite a lot of good onion. Got onions, garum flour, got ginger, cumin, salt, chili. Mm. What else goes in? Fresh coriander, ground coriander, turmeric and lemon juice. Okie dokie. 
I am using a Mirasoda recipe for anyone who's interested, which is for baked, that's what I'm sitting on actually, baked onion bhajis. Not fried onion bhajis. I'm a bit scared of deep frying, so I don't tend to deep fry things at home. Do I want to put in chili powder? Dinner is ready, guys. Here we go. Would you guys like to try some onion bhaji? Marty? No. Okay. Just for grown up. It's good. What do you think, Mum? Mm. I think they're very tasty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're raining. Mm -hmm. I want to take you back to an important moment earlier this year. Portobello on the coast of Edinburgh has a good number of green community-minded organisations and individuals. And last year, one of them, Action Porty, held an event called Heart Talk. So here's what arrived in my inbox. Coming out the pandemic, facing multiplying crises, how do we draw on the resourcefulness of the people living here so everyone is included in a caring community now and into the future? Action Porty is planning a large-scale community-led conversation so we can help shape the future of Porty. Would you like to host a what-if conversation? So they held an event to come up with ideas and I went along to record for the Porty podcast. Not because I was interested in hosting a conversation myself. I did some interviews. Here's one that I recorded with Kate Dyer. Well, we, what we intended to do was set up a space where we can start the conversation. So it was really trying to give a taster of what thinking about what is is like. And then not to do kind of corporate visioning exercises, but get into some of the stuff about what if my dream about, you know, this is the place that I live. How could it be better? What would that look like? But it was a hazel trap because they did some lovely visioning exercises and I am a sucker for all that stuff. Here's Jane Saywell describing the framework they were using. What is, what if, what next is a framing question. It's a series of framing questions that are created by, well, they were sort of developed by the Transition Network. Now, what if is a great question. It's, um, it just unleashes the imagination. It allows you, gives you permission to imagine something without thinking about the steps to get there and the consequences. And in doing so, it allows you to build a collective vision with other people. So at this point, I may have stopped listening a bit. Far too excited by the first part. Well, you just have to imagine it. That's the problem, right? We just need more imagination. I've got that. I didn't think too much about the practicalities. And your what next is where you start to explore the practical steps to bridge from what is to what is. Oh, yeah, yeah, it'll fall into place, Jane. I got this. Porty needs a community fridge. Well, I posed the idea and the community went for it. An organisation called Pedal said that they'd help with the bank account, funding application and insurance. The Wash House Community Centre had a fridge. The town hall wanted to offer space. Unfortunately, the town hall's under renovation, so after a couple of weeks doing a stall on the high street, there were some stormy Saturdays, and thankfully, the Baptist church took us in. Every week, there are more volunteers coming forward, and 
more people wanting food. Here's something that surprised me. How quickly we started turning up to find a queue outside of people waiting for food. This week, a volunteer said they'd seen folk waiting 45 minutes before we opened. And that is the thing about all this climate action. You always come face to face with these inequalities. In my humble opinion, a community fridge like ours is not the best way to tackle food poverty. Everyone deserves dignified access to a good choice of healthy food. What we are doing at the moment is giving out a random selection. It could be cakes, it could be donuts, it could be bread, it could be fruit and veg, it often is, it could be meat, but it might be nothing. And that's not ideal. What we are trying to do is reduce wastefulness in our community. At what point does the fact that there are so many people in our community experiencing food poverty trump that? I don't know. Here I am once again in a car park on my cargo bike, this time with Sarah, waiting to make the collection. How busy was it last week? So I actually was, I wasn't there on Saturday, but we had 110 kilos of food on Friday tonight and it went. Wow. So that was busy. And I was amazed. I was like, Alan, I'm really sorry I'm leaving you with all this. I don't know what you're going to do with it. Okay, bye. I was worrying about it. And then she texted me at like quarter to 12 saying it's almost all gone. So in some ways, was that quite good that you were forced not to be there? Because, yeah. I mean, not that you're not needed, yeah. but that you can yeah, trust I others. Can. Yeah. Yeah. And that means that you have already put a lot of good work in. You've, you know, yeah. you've, laid, you've laid the foundation so yeah. you can feel able to do that. Hopefully, here we go. The doors are opening, the garage doors. Yeah, charity's here. Thanks. Hi. Hi. Oh, it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So that's fine. Yeah, that's can... Snowball. This one. Caviar. Oh wow. What's that? Tiny. Tiny caviar. How much was it to be get six? Was fifteen pounds, and now then reduced to six forty-five. Now it's going to end up with us. Um, I've never had caviar. Is it best before or used by? Best before, so we could give that away tomorrow. Oh, that would be a lucky treat for somebody. Is that us? Okay, great. Yeah, that's fine. We'll wait. So that was the one and only time we've collected caviar, but it makes the point rather well. It's Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake, right? (coughs) So I've got COVID and I uh, need to organise the community fridge this week. My brain is completely full of marshmallows and I'm obviously not allowed to leave the house, but I can't not do it. (laughs) Like I have to make sure it happens and there's enough people that it should happen fine it doesn't need me right i don't know what i'm saying i've got covid stop trying to make a podcast hazel it's just i think it's quite a good example of this isn't burnout but 
it is a situation where it has to be able to run without me. It cannot be dependent on me. I need other people to sort of take it on and they're doing well. But even if it's not, even if it's slightly messy, I just have to let other people do it because I'm not well and I need to go back to bed. It's Friday night and the COVID is feeling much better. Thank you very much for asking. I just have had a day in which I feel a bit like some sort of 80s stockbroker because my phone has constantly been pinging today. There was a glut of UHT milk this morning that is in town that needs picked up. One of the stores that I thought we were starting to collect next week actually thought we were starting to collect this week. So I had to last minute try and arrange for somebody to go and pick that up today and somebody else to go and pick it up tomorrow. We have some new volunteers have come forward this week, which is brilliant, but there's more than we can use tonight. So a couple of them needed phoned to start tonight and then others needed phoned so that we don't lose their interest and that they can start in the next coming weeks and we can explain a bit about the project, find out what they want to do. Somebody who was going to be on tonight isn't feeling great, so that's absolutely fine, but we need to get them covered. The person who's got the key is the person who's going to be coming back to the church last tonight. So that's not going to work. Everyone's going to be standing outside waiting. So I've had to phone around and try and work out if somebody who lives nearby can get the key and be the one that opens up. Yeah, I'm not exactly doing very well at handing this project over to other people to look after while I'm poorly. Maybe that's just what these projects are like. But if I was employed and this is my job, that wouldn't fly. Like, you wouldn't accept those kind of conditions really every week. I mean, you'd, you'd be able to take time off or be sick, right? Wouldn't you? I don't, I don't think that those are good conditions to employ somebody under. But because I'm a volunteer and it's my own making, does anybody have any sympathy for me? Ah, <laughs> like, uh, I guess... I think it's just something worth highlighting about these kind of projects, how much investment they require from the volunteers who run them. And, you know, it feels like an important thing that we're doing. It feels like probably more important than some of the things that I've been employed to do in the past. And yet it's just a horrible position to have put myself in and I, I think I did know that I was getting into that and I felt like it was worth doing anyway because it was so important. But um, yeah, I just wanted to share. <laughs> I do feel a bit better for sharing. So thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, I'm going to try and relax now and uh, enjoy my first Friday night of not being out in the cold, in the dark. However... I'm pretty sure my phone's still going to go off a few times before I go to bed. We'll see. So at the next meeting, we are going to discuss that and we're going to try and find a way to organise ourselves in a way that is not dependent on me. And that, I think, is what success will be. That's quite hard as well because I really have to let go of something that I'm kind of mothering at the moment and it might turn into something that is not 
what I intended it to be and I have to accept that so the first item then is just it's too much work for me to do all this can anybody help so I don't know if anybody's had a think about that or got any ideas about that actually um, Hazel I've never taken on the treasure because I don't particularly like handling money however maybe it is something because that I can do in my own time if I need some advice who's the financial guru because it's not me I, I need a bit of support but then I think I should be able to do that Josephine, I guarantee you'll be fab as a treasurer. You'll be fine on this one. I, I wouldn't be up for helping with that, unfortunately, Hazel. Um, I've got a lot of volunteering stuff I'm doing out with the food rescue stuff, and I, I can't start taking on more stuff, unfortunately. If some of those jobs can be siphoned off by other people, I'm very happy to be a key holder. But as long as it didn't mean I'm also the chef, the boss, the captain of the ship and all that. But I talked to Hazel the other day, and I think I am. I would be quite willing to take on the volunteer coordinating. So not the rota, but new volunteers who need to be induced, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Inducted, I'm sorry, <laughs> not induced, maybe. So I'm, I'm happy to help with the rota, Jen, with you. I mean, to look at the rota and try to see if uh, we we should invite more volunteers and stuff stuff like that. Um, I was just listening to everything you've said, and, and it strikes me that, well, first of all, you should be able to sleep at night without having to ca- carry the full responsibility for the rest of us that are probably sleeping very well. But teamwork is always good, and you have to be able to take holidays, and we need to be able to carry the different loads. So I can't answered emails on a Friday as we were discovering on Friday. So if things change quickly, I'm useless on a Friday. I'd happily organise on other days, but not the Friday. I think it is just what we've done, that it probably takes a wee bit of handing over. If you're looking to chuck it tomorrow, it'll probably fall apart. But if you can see it through. And Hazel, have you got the capacity like to hold that lightly and make sure that people are confident and trained up? Because I hear what you're saying, you know, you're the pinch point because of your experience and expertise, but for that to be successful, it would need to be really well grounded. And so that would require probably a little bit extra input from you at the beginning, just to make sure that it felt safe and smooth running. I do have the capacity, Lynn. Thank you. I am feeling so much better after that meeting and really looked after by everyone. I should say that I don't want you to get the wrong impression of Andy there, who said he couldn't take on any more. To give some context, he has been an absolute star and is reliably volunteering for Food Rescue in Edinburgh and has done for a long time. But I wanted to include that voice, as it's a truth about this story, that there's a point where we just can't take on any more. I am not very good at recognising that myself, and I want to work on that. And I wonder why? I just feel like families needing food and the damage that we're causing to the environment kind of outweighs my little everyday stresses. We need someone in the group to remind us to not take on any more if we really can't. But on the whole, I think these amazing people will help me carry this project. And I didn't even have to write up the notes of that meeting. Anne did that. I'll send that to you tomorrow so you can add whatever or take away what is not needed because I, uh, I'm i trying to <laughs> to add, to write. Well, you are speaking very fast. 
No, no, you, uh, you plural. That's the problem with English. There is no you plural. And I refuse to say use. Sorry. There's something poetic about English not having a plural for you. I need use. Sorry, Anne. Anyway, there's not really a resolution to this podcast. Um, I could tot up all the figures and tell you how many kilos of food we've saved, hundreds of kilos of food we've saved so far this year, even though we are barely up and running and we're catching up with ourselves. Thank you for listening to this podcast about my journey. I hope it wasn't too self-indulgent. I have enjoyed the opportunity to reflect a wee bit on my journey with the project so far and I hope that it resonates with other people and the climate action that you're trying to do and so I'm really grateful for the opportunity thank you Scan and thank you everyone at the Community Fridge if you're listening to this yous are all amazing you really are all amazing Can I just ask, does that mean that supermarkets have food basically to give away every single night yeah that's horrifying isn't it really when you think about it where it used to all go Good, isn't it? We've done well. Yeah, there was a lot, wasn't there? Gosh, is it all gone? Also, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. Which is just as well because I have to take the kids home in the bike, so I wouldn't She really didn't want to take anything back. Apart from, look, these coffee pods. Who's got a coffee machine? Oh no, I don't have those. Somebody so the Porty Podcast will be back to its usual format next week. Do let us know if you have got any burning local stories that we should know about it's a community podcast and we love hearing from you do email us at portypodcast at gmail.com or you can get in touch with us through facebook or even twitter if you're that way inclined or stop us on the street come and see me at the community fridge we're around and uh, and we love to hear from you thanks very much